Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Ken Apsuck and this is Daily Thrones. A quick look at the world of ice and fire. It is here. It is season seven premiere day. It is finally upon us. We've waited long enough. Used to be in April. Production delays, shorter season. We're now here in July, but Game of Thrones is here. The season is about to uh, give us wonderful new, unknown, previously unknown footage and storylines and characters and arcs. What's going to happen? Big battles. I think there's some things that are going to go down in this episode that are huge, huge. But what about the ones that came before? What is the best episode one of Game of Thrones each season? It's almost not fair because I think the uh, episode one from season one, the pilot, Winter is Coming, is by far the most complete. It sets up the world. You need the pilot to come out and kind of hit a home run, at least a run scoring double to get you interested. It's about what happens in the rest of the seasons in episode ones. Season two starts pretty strong with the North Remembers. I do like that. You introduce Stannis and Davos and Melisandre, Tyrion's uh, in, in uh, King's Landing again, kind of putting Joffrey in his place, and Daenerys is lost in the Red Waste. Some interesting things, and you're north of the Wall, but after that epic speech by J- Jorah Mormon at the end of Season 1 about the Night's Watch marching in full beyond the Wall, it was a slow start to that storyline. Season 3, Valor Doharis. All men must serve, yes. Um... That's a good one, too, because there's a bit of a change. Things are starting to change on the show. We're starting to, uh, you know, we got the fallout from the Battle of Blackwater. We got Stannis is down and out. Davos is returning to his side. Heron Hall's going on. Rob Stark arrives there. It's kind of dark. They meet Kyburn. Uh, and then uh, Daenerys is arriving in Astapor. And I do like the ending with the reveal of Sir Barristan. But overall, it was, uh, I remember at the time, it was like, okay, that's some setup. Now, all these episodes... Are set up for what the seasons to come, or the, what's going to come in the episodes uh, following the first episode. Well, yeah, that's what you got to do. Here's the pieces. Here, remember where they were. This is where they are on the map now. Let's move them forward in this season. So, I don't think any of these first episodes are going to be overly exciting, but there's some great moments. Two Swords begins pretty strong. I love the cold opening there. Now, I love the cold opening in Season 3. That's where Jorah Mormont uh, and the, what's left of the Night's Watch, they, they got Sam, you burn the, 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 white, uh, the white as it nearly gets Sam, and I love Jorah Mormont's speech about, we got to get back to the wall, or everyone you've ever known will die. Two swords, I like that cold opening with Tywin burning down, melting down ice. And going on with that stuff there. And that ends with the Hound and Arya. They're full-on uh, a team now. They uh, kill Polliver. They get their chicken. They get the horse. I like that one a lot. Uh, but uh, I think Season 5, Episode 1, is a little better than that. The Death of Mance at the end. I like the prophecy, the prologue we have in the Westerlands with Cersei and her friend uh, meeting Maggie the Frog, played by Jody May, the younger sister in Last of the Mohicans, by the way. 
I like what's going on there. Tywin is dead. It is definitely a new realm, a new world, and you feel that in uh, Tyrion, Lands, and Pentos. I like a lot of that stuff. And you have uh, Daenerys really uh, setting up shop in Marine, and uh, you got the Unsullied murdered in a brothel. And then, of course, um, I like uh, you know, Baelish and Sansa setting up their season, the kind of the unintentional humor with Lord Robin. But it's uh, the stuff at the wall with. Uh, Mance and his death that I liked the most probably of any other season one that was uh, episode one that was pretty impactful and you felt it there season six episode one we were all waiting for Jon Snow to come back and it didn't happen and I like that play I like the reveal of Melisandre being, you know, ah, about 400 years young I like the end of that but uh, it definitely and you got the Dorn Dorn ends quick Sand Snakes and Ilaria San murdering Arya Hota and, and Prince Duran. That came out of left field. All right, we're going off of that. Uh, I like the Cersei and Jamie reunion over the death uh, of Marcella. And then you have uh, the High Sparrow, Marjorie Tyrell, captive. You got a lot of things going there. But, you know, Tyrion and Varys are setting up what's going on Marine. That was kind of a meandering story. Uh, I like that you got Jorah and Dario searching for Daenerys. And we then get a lot of setup and stuff with uh, Bravos. It's definitely the stuff at the wall that is the big, big reveal in episode one, season uh, of season six. But it's not the best. I think so far, it's five for me. The death of Mance Raider ends pretty strong there. But what do you guys feel about episode ones of all seasons? Let me know. Call on the station here. Let's talk episode ones of Game of Thrones. Hey, Ken, so I wanted to answer your question about what what do I think is the best first episode, and my answer is probably not going to be a lot of people's answers, but I really like season five's opener. It starts with the whole, you know, we see Cersei, you know, young Cersei with the witch and the whole prophecy thing. I think that is very cool. I love seeing Varys convincing Tyrion that Daenerys is worth um, going to see, that she's their best shot. Um, when Danny goes to see the dragons chained up and they are pissed, uh, Stannis talking to John and laying out what exactly he wants to do. He wants to take back the North. He wants to conquer Winterfell and kill the Boltons. And the whole and the, the, my favorite thing about the episode, the whole sequence of John talking to Mance and then Mance standing before Stannis and then going to the stake. You know the music that plays is great. It's a great scene, a sad scene because you know we we both like Mance, but. I think I like, yep, definitely season five, first episode, the best. Hey, Ken. I'd have to say that uh, the pilot episode takes the cake for that best episode one of any season of Game of Thrones. Um, You said yourself, you know, uh, an episode one needs to contain uh, enough information that all we have by the end of that episode is questions. And the pilot episode of Game of Thrones does that in spades. You have so many questions um, when it cuts to black after Bran falls or is pushed by uh, Jamie. And and like I remember having not read the books, going into that, I, my mind was just racing with questions after seeing that scene. So uh, I'm going to give it to the pilot episode, but I also think that the case could be argued for the first episode of season six as there's a lot of setup there with, with Jon Snow, and there was a lot of questions um, at the end of 5. So thanks for taking the call. Have a great day. 
Hey Ken, happy Game of Thrones premiere day. We are just hours away from the season 7 kickoff and I just wanted to get in some last minute speculation. We only got a few hours left to get all our theories in. So I am rewatching the last season right now on HBO. They got a little marathon going and I wonder with all the forces getting ready to converge on Cersei and it being pretty obvious that we're looking at a Danny and John team up what are the chances that Sansa and Tyrion are ever going to meet each other again? I think that could be quite a powerful couple, not couple in the romantic sense, but I think Sansa learned a lot from Tyrion, and I think it would be really interesting to see what a reunion between the two of them would be like. So, happy premiere day, enjoy the show, and I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts. Last-minute speculation is in the air here on Daily Thrones Ventures 87 with a great call about what would happen if Sansa and Tyrion meet up again. We talk a lot about Danny and Jon Snow meeting up again, Arya and the Hound, uh, Tyrion uh, having a nice conversation with Jon. Remember our friendship at the Wall. Let's team up and fight the Night's King and take over the realm. But Sansa and Tyrion meeting up again would be interesting because... Technically, they're still married. They haven't consummated that marriage, but may, maybe they decide, let's get it on for the sake of the realm. Sans and Tyrion reuniting is an interesting development that could also help form the partnership between Daenerys and her team and Jon Snow and his team. Though, of course, Sansa could try to take power in her own hands with Baelish in her ears. A Tyrion-Sansa marriage, a true marriage, would do a lot of uniting in the Seven Kingdoms. But again... Does it matter? The Night King marching down. We're almost ready for Game of Thrones Season 7. Hey, Ken. Uh, what a great observation by Ventress. In fact, I like it so much, I added it to my station. Uh, that is the bridge that would ultimately unite the, the North and the South. That makes so much sense to smooth over a lot of hurt feelings. A lot of, a lot of political drama can go away with an, an acknowledged legitimate marriage it being acknowledged by essentially the, the Lady of Winterfell now and uh, Lord Tyrion. That makes so much sense. Um, the question is though, uh, does that marriage, that, that, uh, that acknowledged marriage happen before Cersei or after Cersei? Because I believe that they're going to meet each other uh, when Jon goes and talks to her and then you might have something after Cersei passes away. Thanks. Guys, we are 20 minutes away over here on the West Coast watching Game of Thrones on HBO now. So no need for Pacific time. My excitement is brewing. Cannot wait. Rewatching Winds of Winter with some of the folks here at Collider. Dennis, Rachel, and John Roca. We are all here. We'll be on Thrones Talk all this season. and we'll be on air tonight. But Anchor, you'll see uh, here on Anchor, my immediate reactions taking in what's going on you guys don't hesitate the moment the episode ends here you call into the station here on daily thrones and i want to hear your thoughts your reactions your tears your screams everything it's almost here we've waited long enough hbo's game of thrones all right guys checking with the letter here on daily thrones I'm Ken Apsack, this is Daily Thrones, and that was Dragonstone. Episode 61 of Game of Thrones is in the book. Spoiler warning, if you haven't watched the episode yet, I have. Here is my quick thoughts. Going to do full breakdowns, of course, uh, throughout the week here on Daily Thrones. Make sure you favorite the station and follow along. And, of course, I want your thoughts. I thought this episode was one of the best first episodes we've seen. 
going through uh, seasons two through six prior, not counting one as the pilot. Season one, uh, excuse me, episode ones have to set up the story for what's coming. Because I think the end is near for the show and the story, you have some epic setup of what's going to happen. I love the fact that Cersei has a plan, but she's also not quick to side with Euron, and Euron's got to prove something. What is his gift? Is it a horn? Is it Danny's head? Is it a dead dragon or is it a live dragon? What is Euron's plan to win over Cersei? It is a powerful, potentially powerful, political alliance. And I love that Jamie and Euron already not getting along. Some of that dialogue with Euron and Jamie, some of the best I've seen on the show in a while. I love John and Sansa's dynamic. They're against each other. They're fighting, but they're still family. It's still going to be interesting. I think there's a window for Baelish to get in there and kind of work his magic with Sansa, but she knows what Baelish is wa- wants, and Sansa is not dumb, and I love that she tells Jon Snow, do not be like Rob, do not be like Father, I love them, but they made mistakes, they're dead, we can't afford those mistakes, love the stuff with Bran returning to the wall, I love the shot, the vision of the Night King and his army approaching, winter is here, and it is coming on down, apparently the East Watch by the Sea, Tormund and the Wildlings will start defending the wall there, and now we know with the Hound, who is truly now the Gravedigger, looking into the fire and being able to read the fire and seeing that what is coming will be a little bit of a bottleneck over there at East Watch by the Sea. That is where the Brotherhood Without Banners might end up going or they might end up, head, up, uh, head up to Winterfell and join up with Jon. We got to see the search for Dragonglass has begun with Jon Snow and it is, of course, Sam finding it out down at Oldstown. I love at the Citadel and I love Archmaster Marwyn. Jim Broadbent really did a great job there and I'm glad he's going to be with us this season for the cast. Will Sam get word to Jon in time? I love that stuff. I love that Sam's knowledge It's key players in key parts of the country. That's what's happened. If you go back to season one, we are finally paying off a lot of what these characters were brought into the story for. Everyone is in key parts. And let's not, oh my gosh, Jorah, his hand coming out. He's at the Citadel. He will be able to talk to Sam about what he knows about dragons and what he knows about what is coming over from Essos. Love that stuff there and great stuff with Danny returning to Dragonstone. This is historic. A Targaryen has not been at Dragonstone in years since Rhaegar Targaryen was there. Of course, it is the Targaryen's ancestral home where Aegon and his sisters set out to conquer the land. I love all of it. The stuff with Arya was great. A little weird that she puts on Walder's face and knows how to speak exactly like Walder. I guess they did some improv and impression classes over at the House of Black and White, but a great moment. She takes out the phrase, and I love the moment with her and the Lannister soldiers. Ed Sheeran is a guest as Silver Tongue Simon singing a new song, Hands of Gold. It's been around, of course, before in the books, but to hear it on the show, we finally have something other than Reigns of Castamere and the Bear and the Maiden Fair. Add it to our playlist. Really good stuff. Really good scene. Finally seeing soldiers as good people, not just thugs who rape and pillage and plunder. I like that they had some sort of effect on Arya. Uh, going back to the Hound, sad, bittersweet moment, but an uh, interesting development in his character that he's going to ban- uh, bury the father and his daughter, who, of course, were so nice to him, but he knew what was going to happen. He took their silver because he knew winter would come and they would die. Great first episode. Love it. We are off and running the show. No big battle like we thought. No big giant uh, reveals. Just moments setting up what we're going to get this year. The pieces are in place for some big stuff coming down the pipeline. What do you guys think of Dragonstone? Call on the station here on Anchor. Let me know what you think. Find me on Twitter at KenNapsack. Use the hashtag DailyThrones if you want there. I'm excited. You should be excited. Let's talk. 
Hey, Ken, uh, I agree with you that uh, Euron's going to bring back a special gift, but what does a queen who has everything consider precious? Well, that would be family. It seems to me that Euron is going to bring back Tyrion Lannister to King's Landing. It will probably happen during the massive sea battle that they're going to have, where Euron will probably lose her life, and, um, uh, and Tyrion will be captured and brought back to King's Landing to have justice served upon him. Uh, and that's maybe where we get Cook Lane Bull, uh, because for some reason the Hound will find himself south. Not sure yet. We're, st- we're still speculating, and that's what we do over here at Three Cocktails is, is do wild speculation. But the logical, the logical answer is Tyrion Lannister. He's, uh, Euron's going to bring Tyrion back, and the precious gift is family. Thanks. Hey, Ken. So I just watched the episode for a second time. I'll probably watch it one more time before I go to sleep. But I wanted to ask you a question about something else. So it's kind of – it's also a book spoiler. Um, there's a character – you know, the Gravedigger. Does this episode, Dragonstone, sort of confirm that the Gravedigger in the book is, in fact, the Hound? There's a lot of theories that it is the Hound. Do you think this episode kind of confirms that? Eric just called into the station asking the question about the Gravedigger, if you haven't read the books. This is considered a spoiler, possibly, but the Hound is digging a grave in this episode, and I absolutely think that has ramifications. It is a nod, I think, to the books and what that character is. I absolutely think that the Hound is a Gravedigger. And Eric, I think this moment, for us nerdy book readers, and us smug book readers, confirmed it. What do you guys think about this episode? Make sure to let me know.